Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody. We are back. Chloe Nima, this is going to get a little chaotic now because we have two matches every single week. So some of what we're discussing at some points may seem redundant, but we haven't discussed it yet on the show. So let's start with Lazio. Lazio, Lazio, Lazio. Chloe, I know you're not happy (laughs) with some of the things that may have transpired involving Lazio. No comment. Um, No, you have to comment. (laughs) Well, before we send you into a rage, let's, let's start with Atalanta Lazio, which was, if you're talking about throughout Europe... I think since the return, that probably was the best match, right? I think yeah. I don't. I don't think there's anything even close. Without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, I thought Lazio looked like a team that is, you know, prepared to win the Scudetto. Uh, the, the goals they scored were beautiful, but Atalanta, are, I mean, how, <laughs> you, you have to score six goals on them; otherwise, they will score six on you. Like this is this is how they play. They just seem unstoppable right now. Uh, no, I was just going to say they've got this um, air about them that the other team scores two against them, and where, whereas you know you'd see you'd see another team walking back to the halfway line with their heads down, thinking, "Oh, for God's sake!" Um, they it doesn't register on their radar. It's like it's still nil nil, and they just keep going. You know they don't they don't care how many goals you <laughs> score. Uh, it was the same with Udinese um, at the yeah. weekend. It doesn't matter. They know they're shaky at the at the at the uh, in their defence, or they're not you know that solid. Doesn't matter because they've got five six players up up front who can score for fun. If it's not Zapata, it's Ilicic. If it's not him, it's uh, Muriel. If Muriel. it's not him, if it's not him, it's Alejandro, it's Papu Gomez. If it's not him, it's uh, Malinovsky. If it's not him, You've it's got Gosses. about six players I mean, in the top scorers list. <laughs> it's, just, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, and then just, just looking at their wing-backs, and I mean, it's just this team is mental. You know, what we said, when what Chloe and I said about them, you know, potentially winning the Champions League, yeah, for sure, one-off games behind closed doors with this off- with with offense with this offensive firepower. For sure, I mean, if they can maintain this poor, poor form into into uh, into August, why not? Why not? All right, you okay? Well, you two are being too positive now. Let's <laughs> let's make Chloe depressed. Bring Chloe, it down. Um, yes. yes, bring all it right, down. Fiorentina Lazio. Okay, I think before we get into this conversation. Regardless of who you support, I think we would all agree that that penalty that was awarded to Lazio, which I believe is the 15th of the season, which is a record. Mm. I won't open that can of worms. (laughs) It is a record. It's just a fact. I think we would all agree, all reasonable people would agree, that (laughs) the penalty awarded, absolutely absurd and should never have happened when you have VAR at your disposal. No, it was Rosario Abisso against against Inter for Fiorentina when the ball hit D'Ambrosio's chest and he gives a penalty for a handball. I mean, it's, it shouldn't happen with VAR. It shouldn't happen. It's You have a video there. There is no excuse. There's no touch. Nothing. I don't understand how they managed to get it wrong with video. 
Like that, that, it takes a special kind of idiot. I'm not sure it was even checked. I'm not sure it was even. It wasn't. That's the issue. Like, I mean, you know, you can forgive a mistake, but to not check the VAR on something like that, you know, if any of us did that in our jobs, that we would be fired. On the spot. Incompetence and, and well, the part that bothers me, we all know Nicola Rizzoli, the, the, the famous Italian referee, who is, uh, I guess you would call him like the head of the Italian referees. He, he is the designator essentially. He said, I don't know if you guys caught this, but he said 99% of referees would have awarded that penalty and that VAR couldn't have caught that. Why not? You're all they're all idiots then. If that if ninety nine percent, I'm sorry, but the, you know if ninety five percent of them are ninety nine, whatever, cannot catch that, then us sitting at home ought to replace them on the field. To be fair, no, it doesn't make sense. I mean, to me, I can understand it if you don't have the camera angle that you you might get it wrong. But this this notion of clear and obvious error, stop it. If that's not a clear and obvious error, when you have when when the videos can get it then you should have it's like that thing that happened in in the in England in the premier league with a with a malfunctioning uh, hawkeye system and the goal that wasn't that wasn't a goal it was a goal but it wasn't a goal remember that it was a few weeks back i mean this is this is embarrassing if if the tv cameras can in slow motion catch it and your system can't there's something wrong with your system fix it immediately I mean, you know? in general, I hate all these um, conspiracy theories about referees in Syria. I don't, um, I don't think it's good to to speculate too much because, you know, it, it's the league that we love. We don't want it undermined by wild conspiracy theories. However, if you look at Lazio. <laughs> However, I'm going to do it back with that now. Um, <laughs> Loving this. Go, Chloe. If you look at Lazio, they've been given 15 penalties this season, which is the most in the league. But they've also been given the least number of penalties against, against them. them. Against yeah. them. And, yep. you know, we all, I think all of us, anybody who's neutral would like to see a different winner after eight years of Juve winning. We would like to Hold see Hold on, and win. there's 10 match days left. I, I think yeah. we're like forgetting that. Like, yeah. I mean, this isn't 15 throughout the season, which I, I guess to a certain degree I could digest. This is more than one every other match. Yeah, and uh, you know. It, I can understand if they, you know, maybe if they want, if they're looking to try and get something a bit different. But, you know, um, somebody, uh, somebody who is uh, actually a lawyer and a Milan fan who has nothing to do with this situation, tweeted the other day that um, Claudio Latito has too much power. And you know, I, in general, I'd, I, I, I wish I didn't have to say it. I don't like the conspiracy theories, but it does make you wonder and make you think when something as blatant as that, when Fiorentina were streets ahead of Lazio in the game, they were playing much better. And, you know, even Lazio supporters that I've seen on Twitter are saying that it's not a penalty. It, yeah, it just it's, makes it's you not think. a penalty. It's not a penalty. I mean, let's let's keep it real. It's it's nowhere near a penalty. And the fact that they don't use the VAR to 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 change that decision and they hide behind behind clear and obvious error. That's a clear and obvious error, you know. And and if your video can't catch it, you're something there's something wrong with your video, you know. Do, you know, back to the drawing board. You know, sort yourself out because it's ridiculous. And it's it's really as you said, you know, the conspiracy theories. You know, they're not fun, but you know. 
this is you know it becomes a point where it becomes ridiculous when it's one when it when, when throughout the season it's it's an all time record now that Lazio have broken 15, 15 penalties in in one season no other team has been i think it's the equaled the all time record this is getting like in one season and this is getting a bit absurd and it's and the way that Lotito waltzes around and and you know pretend you know acts like he's some sort of you know, mob boss as well. I mean, it's just, it's not a good look. It doesn't look good. Uh, and then they're not helped when that, I can't even describe him, but their spokesperson, Diaconale. Diaconale. I mean, this guy talks. <laughs> I mean, and the thing that's kind of a shame too, or not kind of, but I don't even know if they need those penalties half the time because they mm. have been so damn impressive this Absolutely. season. Absolutely. That, it it almost seems sort of unfair on their part that this is what we're discussing yeah. instead of their incredible season. Agreed. But Agreed. 100%. I think if we're just discussing that match alone, I thought that was, I mean, harsh on Fiorentina does not even begin to put it fairly, I think. I, I, I thought Fiorentina were extremely hard done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfair. But again, haven't we said this? All this season, Fiorentina play well, but they don't win and they don't get the points. And now, obviously, this was different. This was a different thing. They were a bit robbed, let's be honest. But but this is something that has gone, gone on in Fiorentina throughout this entire season. They play well, but they don't win and they don't get the points on the board, which is weird because the squad looks better. They've played better. I, I, think I don't get it. Um, I think it's a lack of a, a goal scorer. You know, if you if you look at how ridiculous Atalanta are, I mean, they're off the charts. But, you know, Fiorentina have got two joint top scorers and they've got six goals each. I mean, what does that tell you? They 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 just they need someone who can put the ball in the back of the net because the, the build up play is all very good, but it is. They, it really is. Well, that's a perfect segue because hold on. You know who didn't put the ball in the back of the net, Nima? Jesus Christ. The worst. That is the worst miss I've oh, seen. In I've been waiting for years for a worse miss because there was one from Jekyll. Douglas Mykon who crosses it to Jekyll with nobody mm. at the far yeah. post and yeah. he hits it with his left foot and it yeah, somehow goes that. wide. It defied that. the law of science, basically. But Gagliardini finally, finally unseats Jekyll for the worst miss that I have ever witnessed in my life. Never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. Ronnie Rosenthal, they talk about in Liverpool in the 90s. Nothing like it because he's moving those players behind. Um, Keeft, I think the Ajax player, not the same thing there because I've, I've looked at I've looked at all these famous howlers. Francesco Baiano in, in Fiorentina, Different because he's he's like he's throwing himself. This is absolutely the worst miss I've ever seen at professional level. I've never seen anything like it. It shouldn't happen, and and it's 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 just it's always Sassuolo and Consigli, and it's and it's and it always happens. You know, with 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 Gagliardini, it's just it's enough now. He's been there for four or five years. He's not going to be whatever they want him to be. It's, you know, Danilo D'Ambrosio is not going to turn into Maicon. Andrea Ranocchia may look physically in his face like Alessandro Nesta, but he's not Alessandro Nesta. Can we please stop with the same mad, you know, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. These players are not good enough for Inter, and it's not a, a chance that it's always them 
how many coaches at Inter's career, uh, I mean, how many coaches' careers at Inter have these people killed? How many? Okay, okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to stop you because they just made probably the best transfer market deal in the league in the last few years. I'm, I, I refuse to allow you to complain like this. <laughs> no, well, he's not going to. Hakimi's not going to be. He's not going to be done until next season, and it's clear that you know. This this again. I mean, you guys thought Inter was going to win the Scudetto this year, and I told and I was completely against it because we're, this you know we're not Inter aren't good enough. They really aren't. When when your start you know when when you have Borja Valero as and and Gagliardini and Ambrosio and Ashley Young and Candreva and Biragi and and all of these people, I just want to puke in my mouth. You know, it, it's just you're not going to win any titles with Danilo D'Ambrosio. You're not you're not going to. It's not going to happen. And and that's what this is. You're you, you know these players are not good enough to win titles, and now they're you know it, 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 this is the first year with Conte. This is about building and improving on last year, which they have on several levels. Now next season is when they really have to start winning. This season it's about improving, and they have to a certain extent uh, in in terms of lines in the game and identity. But at the end of the day, this is still Inter. Um, and against Parma, the, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Antonio Contes, there was the, the, when, when, when I think it's Victor Moses, when he, when he misses that cross to Romelu Lukaku and Lukaku loses it and, and, and bellows out expletives at Victor Moses and, you know, effing hell, Victor. And you see on the, on the, on the sidelines, Antonio Conte, is, 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 they've, Inter have broken him. Like, it was the face. He made what I call interface. When the interface is when Inter have brought you to the point of tears where your feelings are, you're angry and you're upset and you're, uh, you've given up and you're like, for the love of God, stop torturing me. That's what Antonio Conte had right there. That's interface. You know and, when and you, took, you know when you used to have them. Um... Sorry, Nima. Go. Yeah, sorry. Go. No, it's like, it's like this man has won without suffering all his entire life. He's been arrogant. He's been this, he's been that. It took Inter nine months to break him <laughs> down to a shell of what he used to be. <laughs> you know when you used to get like a, a player cam on Sky yeah. Sports or something where you could just change the view to follow one player? I wish I could just change the view to, to watching Conte's face when he's like not enjoying it because it's, it's, just, it's more entertaining than football, I think. <laughs> That, that the look on his face is just—he's completely broken. That—that's the face of a broken man, and that is—that's Inter. That, that's what Inter does to you. So, welcome to the family, Antonio. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think of Hakimi then? Because that—I—I I, I mean, that I think is wonderful. Doesn't even begin to yeah, describe fantastic. that move. You know, look, look. Um, Hakimi is is exactly what Inter need. He's he, he's perfect for Conte's system. This is exactly what they should have done, but we couldn't afford to. Inter couldn't afford to, to have done it last year. Um, they had to wait, and now they've done it this year. And with Tonali coming in, then we finally got some. You know, this is finally looking like a squad of twenty-five players of equal quality. Um, it's cl- quite clear that what happened against Sassuolo and Parma has has woken Marotta and Conte up, and they've realized that it's just not good enough. Uh, you know they need to improve on the wings, and they need to have a better central defender. In Diego Godin is not good enough. Um, they need more options in midfield. Uh, I think Raja Nangolan is now definitely coming back into the squad. 
Sam with Sandro Tonali and Vecino, I think Gagliardini's out. I think I think a lot of things are happening. I think this was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back with a lot of them. With Ranocchia, it was against Sassuolo. It was, you know, I don't know if you guys remember a few years back when when Mancini had taken over and, and he, he Ranocchia did something so stupid at the San Siro and, and Mancini is screaming, what the F are you doing? <laughs> at him loudly you can hear it <laughs> and, he, and he had interface then as well because it was another one of those like what the hell what's the wrong what's wrong with you what are you doing why are you doing that there's no need for that um so that i think this is finally one of those things where they've the, the penny has dropped this is not good enough you cannot have these players some of these players are just not worthy of playing for inter and they have to be removed and i think there's that's going to happen this summer finally Hey, another good segue. You know who's not good enough? Roma. (laughs) Bad in just about every regard. Now, before we talk about Roma-Milan, I just want to establish that this was like the first meeting when they met earlier in the season at at the Olimpico. No team was good. Just There just had to be a winner. And one just happened to be less bad than the others. I feel so bad for anybody who actually subjected themselves to that because that was, other than maybe 15 minutes, that was just it, it was an abominable. ugly game, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was it was terrible. And I I'm I'm almost more concerned that Paolo Fonseca said that Loroma did well in the first half. Because I like I went back and watched bits and pieces. I'm like maybe we were watching different things. I, there was nothing good that Roma did. Roma gifted them a goal. Davide Zapacosta basically handing them a free goal. And then Amadou Diawara, again, for the second match in a row, gifting a penalty and another goal. It wasn't that Milan did well. It, it was just two really bad teams, and one was just slightly less bad than the other. Again, that was so reminiscent of the win that Roma had against them in Rome earlier in the season. It was terrible, ugly affair. Just these two teams, man. I I really don't know what to make of them. Obviously, Milan, they get the victory. But Roma, they're going to pack it up. And I I, I totally get that in their mindset. It's 10 dress rehearsals now for the Europa League and maybe put all your eggs in that basket. But it's like, well, the club doesn't have a European trophy. So that doesn't seem like a great idea. (laughs) Uh, To me, to me, that's like... To me, that seems like what happening in Roma is is the the complete unraveling and falling, the the wheels coming off the Palotta project in an absolutely horrific way, and it's and I'm really worried about Roma because I mean you can probably share, say more shed more light on it. The the club's finances don't look good. Um, the the sporting director is 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 having a mean girls argument with with this president in, in, in language that he doesn't speak. And now he's out. You don't have a sporting director. You have a bunch of players who need, you know, the contracts need to be extended and renewed. No one knows what's going to happen there. This is not good. This is really, really dangerous territory. And clubs can really take a long time to come back from that. And and I don't know what's going on here. I think you're right, Nima. I think, um, you know, if, you've, if you think back to the end of last season when Fiorentina were going through their takeover, they almost got relegated. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry to inflict no, that seriously. on you, John, but, no, I, but I do seriously. think things that are going on behind the scenes can have a really toxic effect on what's happening in the pitch. Um, and I also think um, in a, another similar way to Fiorentina that I think, I think Roma need a goal scorer. I think, 
you know, that they they do. Oh, I mean, they didn't do good things um, at the weekend, but they have shown good play. And and, and I think I think Jacko has had his time, and I think it it would be good for them to get shot and and, and get a goal scorer in. Yeah, they're over relying on him. The only light I see at the end of this tunnel for Roma is Palotta has to sell. He 100% is going to sell. It's just a matter of time and to who. Um, because I, I don't think it's going to be Friedkin. I think it will be somebody else. Um, but yeah, not not good. Not good at, <laughs> not good at all. They're they're yeah, it it's not feels more like a chore to watch them and it's <laughs> It feels very grim just because, from my perspective, I don't see many building blocks beyond maybe Nicolo Zagnolo, Gianluca Mancini. I guess if you want to throw Diawara in there, but he's been so bad since coming back that everybody seemed to sour on him. So, yeah. But that's Not the great. thing. You see, but that's the thing. I don't. I don't think that's such a bad squad. I think Gianluca Mancini is a fantastic player. I think you do have good players. I think Spinazzola and, and Zappacosta, although they don't look good, Pellegrini. You know, there there is. Yeah. You know, there, no, you see, I understand that you're pissed, and you have every right to be. No, pissed. no, no. I I, I think they, they, I, dis- they, I I have always disagreed on Pellegrini from the start. I, yeah, I, think. I know. I know you've been skeptical to him in Florenzi. I understand that, but. But, like, when it comes to Roma right now, I think it's a complete... This is an issue where, like Chloe says, it's one of those things that when when the club is in such complete turmoil that it is right now, uh, it, and, and, and nobody knows who's in charge, and if if anyone's in charge, and how long, then then it's just they're going through the motions, and thank God that Roma are fifth. If they were locked in a releg, you know, in a mid-table to low, you know, relegation battle, this could really end badly. And I just hope to God because the Serie A needs a strong Roma, Lazio, Napoli, Inter, Milan, and Juve. Like these are the Fiorentina. These are the teams that historically have done well in Europe, and you know, you know, hold, held the Italian banner high. And Roma and Milan are looking absolute shambolic right now and it's not good it's really not good no no it's not but another segue you know who is looking good napoli jesus <laughs> I, I know we keep saying it but god oh man gattuso you know what a revenge i can't believe milan just let him go like that i i really can't i i don't know if i'm more amazed that they let him go or by what he's doing at napoli because man, I mean, they are playing just so differently. And again, I'm saying it for like the 50th time. This guy is not a master tactician. It's not like he's sitting there being mistaken for Pep, okay? They're finally just playing with balls. They're playing smart. They they have a very basic and clear understanding of how he wants them to play. And they go out and do it. It's... It just really shows you that you have a decent manager who is a good man manager. He doesn't have to be good at tactics. But if he can, you know, light a fire underneath everybody, sometimes that's really all you need. And look at what they're doing on the transfer market now. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I think they're ready to, to – I mean, again, we were talking about them completely tearing it down four, five, six months ago. We were saying this is it. You have to start from scratch. Tear it up now. I mean, I think they would be stupid to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. But I mean, at the same time, I think you got to get some of those players out of there. I think the Gulams and the, 
you know, and the Alans and the Miliks and all that. They need to. Yeah, they have a lot of redundant pieces. Yeah, and 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 Lozano. Look, I I I you see the thing is I, I read an interview with Marcello Lippi who said that he he thinks he was kind of alluding to that this this notion that Gattuso doesn't understand tactics is quite exaggerated and pretty silly because he he thinks that together with Simone Inzaghi those are the next two Italian super trainers like that. Well, hang on, we're not saying he doesn't know tactics. We're just saying he plays very basic football and there's nothing I I don't think there's any shame in that. It, it's Absolutely not like not. <laughs> Lippi yeah, won a world cup. Wrong with that at all. Marcello Lippi didn't exactly revolutionize, you know, with with, with his tactics either. I mean, but it's, it's like you know, football goes in cycles, doesn't it? And we're in a cycle now. It's the cycle of the ideologues. It's the Peps. It's the Klops. It's the Sarris. You know, all of these are these are the you know the nom du jour. And 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 but but one thing that will always do well is is you have the the pragmats. The, the pragmatic coaches will always do well. The Allegri's, the Lippi's, you know what I mean? They, they will always do well. And, and Gattuso is one of them. Um, and it's really exciting to see, to see where he can go and, and talk about an own goal by Milan. And I'm so glad that we also, you know, we said it. I, I mean, I, I remember I said, I said, this is a mistake by Milan. And, 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 they, and I think we all did. And I think it's, it's, it's sad to see. They had something good going, and now, now it's Rangnick mania, and and you know that could that you know we don't know how that goes. I mean, just think about it. It just they could be a, a complete disaster. Just, yeah, it, it, and it could be a failure of this, and this could be one of those horrible crashes because then they they have to find a sporting director and a coach. <laughs> Just, if, if, if that goes down, I just don't think it's a good idea. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but yeah. I think to give him that much power to to somebody in a league where the the coaches and the sporting directors are always separate mm. um you know it, it, i guess it comes from gazidis because he was at arsenal and, and wenger did both jobs which is com i guess common in england but you know his that time ended, arsenal, that ended well exactly, at arsenal. yeah i was gonna say it wasn't exactly <laughs> well so why would you repeat the same thing it just doesn't make any sense but then again rangnick has done brilliantly let me let's be honest let's not yeah but yeah, as you said sure. but as you, as you said this is italy this is not the bundesliga well he's never he's never coached outside germany so yeah you know that is a it's massive a gamble for it's a club who are already really struggling um and i think going back to gattuso i think the idea that he um, is not amazing tactically comes from the fact that when he was given the Milan job, he'd only really had very small jobs like at Pisa and in Cyprus and the Milan youth team not really had a big job and all of a sudden he's on AC Milan's bench. Um, and I, I think it also comes from the fact that as a player, he was the grafter, the back, yeah. and he had a lot of more technical and more talented players around him. And I think... That probably sells him short because <laughs> he's worked under the success of Carlo Ancelotti at Milan. He's he's been in those Champions League winning sides. He knows what it takes to win. Um, you know, he's not dumb, and and if you know, he's not gonna, I don't think he's gonna win titles. But if you want to get into the Champions League every year, I don't think that you can do any worse than Gattuso. And and for that reason, Milan were ridiculous in, in getting rid of him. So we say he maybe has his downfalls tactically. I think as a man manager, though, the way he played, I mean, he was never going to be mistaken for this technical player, right? What do no. we all remember Gattuso for? Up and down the pitch, tackling grinta, the grit, grinta. the balls, yeah, the yeah. grinta. 
I mean, this was a guy who, again, he played with the fire underneath him. And I think that's what makes him sort of like his DNA, I guess, is what makes him a a good man manager. Again, I'm not saying or we're not saying that he's not good from a tactical point of view. They just play basic football and that's okay. But if you have the guys motivated, that matters far more than anything you put out tactically. And he he learned to be unselfish in that role and give the ball to others who could do more with it. And and that is part of being a team. And that is what he's obviously conveying over to those Napoli players who didn't want to play for each other before he he arrived. They 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 could barely look at each other, and now they're right. scrapping and giving everything for each other. And I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. All right. So as we're recording this, uh, Torino is hosting Lazio. Um, I don't believe we just had kickoff. So as of now, there is no there is no score. Um, but we also have Genoa hosting Juve. And then tomorrow we have Bologna, Cagliari, Inter, Brescia, Fiorentina, Sassuolo, Lecce, Sampdoria, Spal, Milan, Verona, Parma. And then on Thursday we have Probably the one we're all waiting for, right? Mm. Atalanta, Napoli. <laughs> then, delicious to watch that. Yeah, and then Roma, Udinese. So let's talk about the Atalanta, Napoli one. Uh, it's in Bergamo. So I, <laughs> I really don't know because you have the flashy, quick style of Gasparini. But then you have, again, the basic stout style of Gattuso. So what are we thinking here? Because I I really don't think Napoli are going to leave themselves exposed to the extent that we saw Lazio. No, not not at all. I, um, <laughs> it's like one philosophy versus another, isn't it? I think um, it it's really really hard to call. I I couldn't say either way what was going to happen because they're two sides that are really in form. Atalanta, yes, they can score a lot of goals, but they also concede a lot. Um. It's one of those where you can't call it, and that's what makes it exciting. The fact that you you turn it on and you 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 couldn't say what was going to happen, so you know that that is the definition of a football match that's that's good to watch, surely. Yeah, no, I one hundred percent agree, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see if if this if if his counter attacking style against a team like Atalanta pays off. Um, and who scores and who's more lethal, you know, I think that will be, that'll really decide it. But it wouldn't surprise me if this game ended 3-3. Like, this is, it really does, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, but but it's definitely, definitely uh, going to be very interesting to see what happens. Can I just interrupt and say that uh, Lazio have just gone behind to a Torino penalty, and I'd like to add that Karma's a bitch. Oh, <laughs> What a oh my word! Wow! Damn. Oh, I'm awake. I'm awake now. I was starting to fall Chloe, asleep. This Chloe was a very Beres- straightforward podcast. Chloe Beresford from the top rope. Boom! <laughs> Yikes! Okay, is Simone Zaza going to take it though? No, they've yeah. scored it. They've scored it. Oh, they Bel- have. Sco- okay, is it Belotti, all right. Andrea Belotti, no. Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right. Oh, good. Zaza's not even on the pitch. Uh, Thank. That's that's always a good start. That is. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
addition by subtraction, as they say with him. Hey, real quick. One thing we haven't talked about, which I know is like Nima's, I won't say fetish because that's too harsh of a word, but <laughs> the relegation race oh. and the city of B. So Spal, Brescia, eh, done. done. Um, they look done on 18 points. But for that final place, we have Lecce at 25, Genoa 26, Sampdoria 26, Udinese 28. And just to be kind, I won't say Fiorentina at 31, just to <laughs> add a bit of levity for Chloe. Nah, because they're not going to go down. I mean, let's be honest. No, nah, they're they not going to go down, it's of between, course not. It's, it's between those teams. It's Lecce, Sampdoria, Genoa, Udinese. And it's 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 really worrying that there are two te- two two teams from one city there. And Sampdoria, if you ask me today, look dreadful. They look so bad. And I I do feel bad for them from the extent that, hey, Claudio Ranieri, just in terms of people I like in the world of football, he's easily in the top five. So him being subjected to this relegation race breaks my heart for him. Mm. Um, But then their president is also a massive colione, so it's easier to (laughs) accept from that respect. He's Um, mental, absolutely mental. Oh, he's insane. (laughs) <laughs> I okay, just from my perspective, selfishly, Utenese, man, I want to see them go just because the Pozzos. Okay, I understand there's more money in the Premier League. I understand that Watford are are they're far more of a moneymaker for them than Utenese could ever be. I get it, but it's like, can you start caring about this team yeah. at least a little bit? Agreed. Or at least pretend you care by showing. No, because by, they by really did. In a decent name or two. No, but they really did. They really, really did. And that's what pisses me off is that when they really cared and when they ran this like a proper business, Udinese were one of the were the Atalanta of like ten years ago or five years ago, and and they were consistently for twenty, thirty years that they, you know under the Pozzos, they really were impressive. And it's and it's so you know they've got a new stadium, they've got everything in place, and now they just don't seem to care. And and although they have Pierpaolo Marino, who I absolutely love, I mean, we're talking if we're talking brilliant sporting directors, that man is is the professor of sporting directors. I mean, his career for those who are interested, I mean, goes all the way back to Naples and and Maradona and all that. Um, but no, he he's fantastic, and and he's running the show there. But he doesn't seem that it's working, and other things aren't working, and I find it really sad because. Uh, Udinese used to be, you know, they belong in the Serie A. They're a mid-table Serie A team, and and they have, you know, they, they they need to wake up. They need to start investing in that club and start building in it properly instead of putting everything in Granada or more in Watford. I get that money, nice, but like you said, either sell or start caring. Yeah, well, the thing is, nobody wants to see Samp Genoa go down for obvious reasons. Great yeah. derby, um, lovely beautiful stadium. Derby. If you, Oh, if you if you've never been to the mm. to the Ferraris, I yeah, I highly recommend it. It's it's fantastic. Um, in Lecce, just because I again I am a fan of having some southern teams. diversity in terms of location of the teams. Um, I would hate to see Lecce go back down. Yeah, and so given that I feel like they have at least shown enough to remain. In the city, I think it would be very harsh on them if they did get sent down. And I, admittedly, I like Liverani as a manager. I think he deserves <laughs> a look. Um, but Udinese, man, I, I just no. They need a shot in the ass, and yeah. I think a year yeah. in relegation yeah. would do that for them. I agree. But I agree. let's I agree. let's talk yeah. about Benevento because they are forming what looks like a football manager's 2014 <laughs> edition dream. <laughs> so they get promoted 
we see people on Zagi. We see the celebrations on social media. It's fantastic. And then within a matter of like 48 hours, who are they linked to? They're linked to uh, Loic Remy, Gleek, the former Torino defender. Um, who else? Andre Schurl. I mean, this is great six years ago, but we can pretend it's still great. But I mean, it's it's good if you want to for a team that's just getting promoted to the Serie A and wants to stay there. That it's I mean, at least showing some effort. That's yeah, what I'm saying. But I mean, if you look at that team as well, I mean, you've got Roberto Insigne, the brother of Lorenzo. You have Luca Cardirola, who was a Inter youth <laughs> the former player. Inter man. Yeah, the Inter man who played a couple of years in Werder Bremen and, and he was supposed to be really good. And he's you know yeah they, did, yeah didn't he bail after like the U21 World Cup? Yeah, right. Yeah, he did. And then you have Hetemai. You know, you've got some, you've got some interesting players, and then Marco Sau, who, 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 who used to <laughs> tear it up for, for Cagliari, um, a few years. Yeah, back. by tear it up, uh, two goals a year. But <laughs> no, he was, he was, he was, he was. I, I liked him as a player. Um, but I mean, the, these, this is an interesting team. This is an interesting team, and I think that, you know, if if they. Uh, I think they can. I, I I really like that stadium. Speaking of stadiums, I really like that stadium, and and it would be cool again, like you said, some geographic diver- diversity. That you know, Benevento playing local derbies against Naples or Napoli is is pretty cool, um, and it's it's a pretty it's a pretty stadium. They they're 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 a fun, um, they're they're a fun club. Uh, you know, they've you know great to fans. have around. Yeah, great fans. I great mean, fans. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy, and and again, as I, I mean, as I tweeted out yesterday. Is this the breakthrough for Pippo Inzaghi's coaching career that he's been waiting for? Um, because at Bologna and Milan, it was an absolute eyesore. It was painful to watch. He did all right in Venezia. But now at Benevento, it seems to have clicked. And I'm really excited. I hope he doesn't do that stupid thing again where he leaves for pastors greener. Stay there. Build something. Do next year in Serie A with Benevento and see where you can take them. I'm really keen to see where that goes. I I wonder I wonder if he will end up being one of those guys that is really good at getting teams promoted from Serie B, but then he gets to the top flight and his abilities just disappear. I guess this season is like his make or break in Serie A. If if he fails again, then he will never hmm. get hired again by a Serie A club. I mean, when he was with Bologna, it was something like. 10 goals without uh, 10 games without even scoring a goal <laughs> yeah I was just about to bring up his time at Bologna um so yeah it, it's his big chance um it seems like the club's going to back him with some experienced players some some decent names in there um it's kind of a bit like when Bakary Sanya went there for a little while it, oh my <laughs> gosh wow. and Sandro and Sandro yeah Sandro <laughs> from Tottenham yeah yeah, it was a cool story, and um, I think they brought a lot of interest and a lot of joy uh, to Serie A, even though they went down with a, a record low points total. They, they, there was that moment when, that obviously, the goalkeeper scored against Milan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was great. It was great fun. I hope they can do a little bit better this time. And, and yeah. you know, it's, it's Inzaghi's big chance to prove that he can do it in Serie A. All right. Okay, but before we go here, four points separate Juve Lazio. Is it, is it still Juve at this point? Has is anybody yes. ready to buy into Lazio? No. no, no, it's Juve's title to win. Like, just stop yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I think 
there's enough, uh, although they're trying to adapt and it's not quite working yet um, to the new style, I think there's enough in them from the past that's just got this muscle memory. They know how to win. They know they know how to get the results. And and I just think, although there's 10 games to go, they've they've got this gap now and, and they, they don't often lose that kind of gap. I mean, <laughs> the last eight years have, have, have proven it and... It's going to take something big, something really strong to break that run. Um, and I don't, I, I, I thought maybe it would break earlier this season, but I, not now. All right, everyone, let us know what you think. If you can continue to like, rate, subscribe, leave us reviews, all that good stuff, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.